This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. As Christians, we have the privilege of doing meaningful work with eternal effects. Repeatedly, however, we find our pride, self-centeredness, and fears get in the way. So how long will Jesus freely give us his mercy when we let him down two, three times, four, five, six times, and so on? Stay with us for answers to these questions in our message entitled, Restored. If you are looking for real freedom and purpose for your life, then I encourage you to stay with us today. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Father, as we continue to celebrate the greatest news in the world, draw near to us and open our eyes to see everything you want us to see. In the name of the risen Lord Jesus Christ, we ask this. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from John chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We'll go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. He said to them, Children, do you have any fish? They answered, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It's the Lord! When Simon Peter heard this, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the water. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but only about a hundred yards off. When they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place, with fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them, and although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
Peter was grieved because he said this to him the third time. Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are older, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you don't want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to Peter, follow me. Dear friends, do you love me? That's a question that is asked in almost every human heart. We all have a deep need to feel loved and to know we're loved. I need to hear that we're loved. Do you love me? It can be a painful question for us to be asked, especially when it comes from people whom we're close with. It implies that I have not communicated my love very well. When a wife asks a husband or a child asks a parent that question, it's painful. I am reminded of a funny old story, though, that I heard about a Scandinavian couple named Ole and Lena. Scandinavians are not exactly known to be very demonstrative. Well, they had been married for 40 years, and Lena was barely surviving on a starvation diet of affection from Ole. One day, she broke down at the dinner table and said to Ole, Ole, do you love me? And Ole responded sternly, Lena... When we were married, I told you I loved you. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. <laughs> Poor Lena. Do you love me is a question being asked by Jesus in today's story. It was early morning, a few days after Jesus had shown the disciples that he was resurrected from the dead. Seven of the disciples had been out on a fishing trip all night. There was a misty fog hovering over the water as they were headed towards shore with no fish to show for their efforts. They had gotten skunked. Suddenly, they saw this figure, someone standing on shore, who shouted out to them, Catch any fish, boys? No, they responded. And he told them to throw their net on the right side of the boat and they'd get some fish. Surprisingly, they did. The next thing they knew, the net was full of big fish, and they were having trouble hauling it in. John, who liked to call himself the one Jesus loves, said to Peter, It's the Lord. Peter immediately jumps out of the boat, swims to shore on his own, leaving the others behind with a huge catch of fish. He's in a rush to get to Jesus. When they got to the beach, they saw Jesus, who had a charcoal fire going with fish and bread on it cooking. Bring some of your fish and let's eat breakfast together, Jesus said. They sat with Jesus around that charcoal fire, quietly eating their breakfast, and were told that they didn't dare ask him, who are you, for they knew it was Jesus. It strikes me as odd that they even want to ask that. They'd already encountered him twice since the empty tomb, according to John's gospel. He was obviously transformed physically in some way after the resurrection. Then came the question 
to Peter. And not once, but three times. Simon, son of John, do you love me? The first two times Peter responded, yes, Lord, you know I love you. After the third time Jesus asked it, Peter seems to be grieved. You know everything, he said. You know that I love you. I wonder, was something coming back to him as he smelled that charcoal fire that they were sitting around? He was being asked this in front of everyone else. It's like he'd been in this place before, and it was uncomfortable. Notice also that three times a commission, an important job, is given to Peter by Jesus. Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. In other words, take care of my church and bring others who aren't in yet into the kingdom of God, that they might know me and be rescued for eternity. Now it's important that we stop and take notice of what's really going on here in this scene. Remember, it was three times around a charcoal fire in the high priest's courtyard that Peter denied even knowing Jesus on that dark Thursday night when Jesus was arrested and standing trial and the rooster crowed after the third time, just as Jesus had predicted. Now, among the other disciples, three times he's asked publicly, do you, do you love me? And after Peter says three times, yes, Jesus gives him this important ministry to carry out as his disciple. We are in fact here seeing an absolution taking place. Forgiveness, grace, Peter is being restored into the community of disciples, given a second chance. I think it was Christian writer Max Lucado who entitled a chapter about this story in one of his books with these words, the Lord of the second chance. It's true, Jesus is that, but not just the second, but the third and the fourth and the fifth, and sixth, and seventh, and on and on, his mercy is freely given to us when we let him down. At that outdoor breakfast meeting, we see Peter receiving restoration, forgiveness, and a very meaningful job, preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, pastoring the people that the Lord wants to rescue, watching over them and nurturing them into becoming effective disciples of Christ. Jesus concluded the conversation with a prediction that must have caused Peter and the others to take a big, anxious gulp. The future would not be easy, Peter is told. Jesus said it this way, I tell you the truth. This is what's going to happen. And then he describes Peter's own crucifixion that will glorify God. And then came the words Peter had heard three years before when it all started for him with Jesus. Follow me. It's in the present imperative, meaning 
Peter, keep on following me no matter what, even if there's a cross. Spend the rest of your days following me daily, being willing to ultimately sacrifice your life to bring glory to God, just as I had done. As we know from the book of Acts and two of his letters that are in our New Testament, and in St. Paul's writings as well, Peter faithfully did just that. Did he do it perfectly? No. He was constantly being faced with his shortcomings and sinfulness and pride, as we all are. Like us, he was a saint and a sinner who still had much to learn about kingdom living. But God used Peter in a mighty way as he filled him with the promised Holy Spirit of God and let him loose on a surprised world. And what an impact Peter made for Jesus Christ. Now, as a follower of Jesus, I find this story to be relieving and challenging for myself. Let me explain. I don't know about you, but I let Jesus down frequently in a variety of creative ways. But as with Peter, there is undeserved forgiveness that awaits me from Jesus. For instance, each time I go to worship or when I say my daily prayers, typically there is a time of confession for me. And during that confession, I'm reminded of the fact that though I profess love for Jesus and promise to love my neighbor, I don't do a very good job of showing love. Like Peter, I can be self-serving, afraid, prideful, lacking in faith, looking out for my own safety and survival. Truth is, I am pretty much a mess before a holy, perfect, and righteous God. But it's not the end for me, or for you, if for that matter. Just like our story, there is the absolution. Words of forgiveness made possible by the cross of Christ, where my sins were paid for once and for all. There is assurance that I still belong to him and to his church, and that he loves me, weak and sinful person that I am. Ah, I find such freedom and relief in that absolution. Thank you, Jesus. And... During that time, I'm also recommissioned. I'm reminded that I've been redeemed by God for a purpose. Like Peter, I'm given the privilege, once again, to do important, meaningful work that matters. Kingdom of God work. To bring the good news of Jesus to others around me. Beginning with my children, my grandchildren, my friends, others in my family, and those I work with. I'm considered on call for Jesus to, to go public for him. And I'll let my light shine before others, showing love and kindness, and then putting in a good word of where that love and kindness is coming from. Jesus working in me. This story holds 
good news for you and me. Jesus doesn't give up on us. When we fail him as his disciples, he forgives and continues to call us his own and count on us to carry out the ministry that he's given us right where we are. And so, friends, I'd like to get personal with you, as Jesus did that morning with Peter. Do you love him? I'm not asking if you like him or admire him or are a fan or feel warm fuzzies toward him. I'm asking, do you love him to the place where you would sacrifice anything for him, that he is your all in all, that you would follow him and serve him and do his will? Because, friends, he loves you. He died on a cross and rose again to pay for your sins and purchase a place in heaven for you. That's how far his love goes. So, if you do love him, his word to you this day is, go do something about it. Because love is more than words and feelings. Love does. You are surrounded by people who need what Jesus has to offer, and he's counting on you to do something to make that life-giving connection happen. Amen. Receive the benediction. You are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before others that they see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been worshiping with the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you, if you truly love Christ, to follow him, serve him, and do his will, because he truly loves you. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit, listener-supported ministry. In order for us to better know our listening audience, we invite your response to the program. If Christian Crusaders has touched your life in some way, we invite you to call or write. Send your letters to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Or by email at cc.naz.org. That's cc.naz.org. You can also telephone us toll-free at 1-888-693-2484. Be sure to share Christian Crusaders with a friend, relative, or neighbor. By showing your love for Jesus with them, they may become aware of who He is and what He has to offer. He's counting on you to do something to make His life-giving connection happen. Today's message is available to be read or heard on our website. Visit us online anytime at christiancrusaders.org. Be sure to check out our Facebook page in order to stay up to date with happenings in the ministry. Write us at Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. We are thrilled you are able to worship with us this day and pray you will join us again next Sunday. Conducting the service has been our speaker, Pastor Steve Kramer. 
Christian Crusaders has been broadcasting biblical truth continuously since 1936. Until next time, may God be with you in every moment of every day.